the thirteenth day of the month. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kindly to everyone, an apt teacher, patient, correcting opponents with gentleness. Second Timothy 2, verses 24-25 through 25. Today we consider gentleness as a fruit of the Spirit. From birth onward, we seem to know instinctively how to be harsh and even cruel, particularly to those with whom we disagree. Most of us have mastered well the skills of sarcasm and superiority. Gentleness, on the other hand, seems to be something we have to learn, particularly when dealing with those who strongly oppose us. Yet who among us would not prefer that we ourselves be corrected by a gentle person rather than by someone whose manner is rude and caustic? Paul asked the Corinthians a question whose answer is a foregone conclusion. What would you prefer? Am I to come to you with a stick or with a love in a spirit of gentleness? In our interactions at home, at church, in the workplace, in the world at large, the gentle manner of a Christian believer is a powerful testimony to the alluring gentleness of the Christ to whom we are to bear witness. Opening Prayer Give grace, O Lord Jesus, as I seek your way, that I may grow more and more into your likeness, and that I may bear your ensign as a banner of hope and direction before all who are distraught or confused. Through this time of daily devotion, instill in me your own gentleness, quiet my overwrought alarms, and enable me to rest confidently in your wisdom. These things grant by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 12. God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit? To be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. Then I said to myself, Oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 16 through 25. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massa. You should diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded you. You shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you and that you may go in and possess the good land which the Lord swore to give your fathers by driving out all your enemies from before you as the Lord has spoken. When your son asks you in time to come, saying, What do the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments mean which the Lord our God commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us from Egypt with a mighty hand. 
Moreover, the Lord showed great and distressing signs and wonders before our eyes against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. He brought us out from there in order to bring us in, to give us the land which he had sworn to our fathers. So the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always and for our survival, as it is today. It will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe all this commandment before the Lord our God, just as he commanded us. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away from it. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard, God also testifying with them, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. For he did not subject to angels the world to come, concerning which we were speaking, but one is testified somewhere, saying, What is man that you remember him, or the son of man that you are concerned about him? You have made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, and have appointed him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjecting all things to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. But now we do not yet see all things subjected to him. But we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and through whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to perfect the author of their salvation through sufferings. From the Gospel of John, the first chapter, verses 19 through 28. This is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? So that we might give an answer to those who sent us. Who do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As Isaiah the prophet said, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing, if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the thong of whom saddle, sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. Tuesday's Prayer God, our rock and our salvation, undergird us with your strength, lest we fail because we rely upon ourselves alone. Assist us with your Holy Spirit, that we may abide in your love and trust in your grace. Spread upon us your transforming power. Overpower us with your goodwill and forgiveness, offered to us and to all through Christ our Savior. Amen. 
A Prayer for Those Hungover on Tuesday, written by Dylan Nice, from the Book of Uncommon Prayer, edited by Matthew Vollmer. Anoint us, O Lord, and receive our repentance for our journey to the Moran Club last noonday. We humbly repent for the poorly rolled joint we smoked in the parking lot and lit by thy providence from our Ford Contours factory-installed lighter, and for the long drags of local weed we bleweth out our cracked window into the grandeur of thy creation. In thy mercy thou relieved us early from our summer labors at the school supply warehouse, and in our depravity we did not text word of thy mercy to our girlfriend Amy and go to her. Forgive us, Almighty God, for drinking two-dollar drafts for four hours alone before messaging Moran Club to the heaviest drinker on our contact list. Why, O Lord, did our heart rejoice, and did we lavish thy due praise on Pete Kitko, who liveth with his grandmother when he arrived and bummeth us his cigarettes? Deal gracious with us, holy God, for the nature in which things escalated for attempting to go beer for beer, and then shot for shot with Kitko, whose girth is ample, for our leers at our sister in Christ and bartender Megan, whom you made in your perfect image, for having the words to Bohemian Rhapsody wrote upon our hearts, and none of thy holy scripture, for the suggestion we switch from cores to makers and from makers to wild turkey, for the second joint, this one very strong and not local at all, smoked in Kitko's Grand Am while Ario Speedwagon playeth, for vomiting in the Moran Club men's room sink and not its commode, for the sin of omission in texting I don't feel good when dear sweet Amy wondered if we had come over for dinner, for leaving our keys hanging out of our front door lock, for apparently peeing in our hamper, shed your grace on Megan for her wisdom in cutting us off at eight last night. Abide the contour, O Lord, still parked in the Moran Club lock. Watch over Kitko, who by his girth and steadiness of hand guided us in his grand dam, the mile down crooked sewer road to our door. Steady our stomach and cool our head, Holy Father, while we watch thy prices right and drink thy Gatorade. Put around us thy hedgerow of protection from all warehouse managers who were not properly notified of absence by 6 a.m. Grant that Amy might be forever spared from all knowledge which does not behoove her to know. Allow that we might never again be seduced into excuses of neon and black labels. Fountain of all wisdom, reveal by your Holy Spirit the thing that must be profoundly wrong with us. Amen. The Lord's Prayer, Traditional Text Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.